0: the links and locks podcast better than most better than most better than most <laughs> winner winner <trick laughs> <of dinner. laughs>
1: four you got real talent don't concentrate on God.
0: what's up everybody and welcome to the links and locks podcast here at the action network i'm jason sobel from golf bet he is of course justin ray from the 21st group and we've got so much to get to the bmw championship this week the second of three fedex cup playoff events that is at caves valley golf club which we probably don't know too much about but i i gleaned a little intel this past week jay ray so i i've i've got a little bit i'm sure you do as well when we get to that and then uh course we're going to review what happened this past week uh a monday finish and tony finow finally finally five and a half years later <laughs> breaks through we've got uh we've got a lot to talk about with this as well so first of all how are you doing
1: i'm wonderful quick turnaround here a lot to learn about this golf course how's your 2017 senior players info uh, that's the last time we had a significant championship of any kind at caves valley they had a couple of ncaa's there but you know, not, a, not a ton to glean from that, but we'll do our best to try to get a leg up on the competition with some of our picks. Um, yeah, it was a great finish. I mean, a little bit of slow pace of play anytime you get split tees, threes, lift, clean, in place. So you're going to have that. So long day out there Monday, but I was just so, I was amazed they got it in, first of all, with nine yeah. inches yeah. of rain. I think we heard them say that about 400 times on the broadcast, but it merited repeating because it was incredible they were even out there. Um, and then to have the finish we had where Tony Finau, finally. You know, you always ask me, am I an advocate of putting, if you keep putting yourself in position over and over again, I'm of the belief that you're going to break through eventually. Tony is like example 1A of that, and he finally did yesterday. Couldn't think of a more deserving winner. Um, Just an unbelievable amount of success without winning between victories. Yesterday, or excuse me, Monday at uh, Liberty National, his 40th top 10 finish on the PGA Tour between wins, but it's a win, so let's restart the count.
0: I mean, we've had Abraham Answer and Tony Finau in two of the last three weeks, who combined for one career PGA Tour victory five and a half years ago, up until a few weeks ago. And so, uh, what's next? Louis Oosthuizen breaks through this week. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, uh, Will Zalatoris, somehow gets uh, FedEx Cup playoff status, and they let him go play in it. I I don't know. I don't have a great answer, but uh, I can't wait to find out. So um, no, there's certainly a trend out there, and. I've been calling it turnstile golf and I believe it's, I have to look at where everybody is right now. I believe the top 18 players in the official world golf ranking have all won at some point, somewhere around the world, this calendar year, which is pretty remarkable. I, uh, other than Louie, of course, uh, Louis's the one outlier within there. And uh, you know, he hasn't withdrawn yet this week uh, as we're talking. So uh, maybe he's got a shot to take this week or, or even the next one, but um, certainly the, I would think that's a little different than we see most years. Most years we see um, the guys at the top with three, four, five, six wins, and then some other guys. Hey, they played well, a couple of close finishes, but uh, you know, still ninth in the world without necessarily winning anywhere. Everybody's winning. Everybody's. It's the deli counter. Go, go, pull your ticket. Look at your number when they call your number. Go up there and get your trophy.
1: And that dovetails nicely to my favorite active statistic on the PGA Tour right now. I know now. what it is. This is know. nuts. We have had 14 straight winners on the PGA tour come from behind entering the final round. Now that does include John Ron was technically the 54 hole leader at Memorial and had to withdraw. So the two guys who ended up as the de facto leaders on that Sunday, Patrick Hantley ended up winning, but that being said, it's still, it's valid to me 14 in a row coming from behind. I looked into it over the last 30 years There's not a streak that's even close. I found one 15, 20 years ago that was like 10 or 11 in a row, but nothing close to this. And it happened again yesterday when Fino won, when Cameron Smith blew that tee shot right at uh, 18 in the playoff hole. That sealed the deal. We have 14 in a row. The last player to hold a 54-hole leader co-lead and win the pga tour and i love he this phil the pga championship. i, I love that <laughs> it
0: goes back to steady phil who was leading it after 54 holes just went and clinched the whole thing you know it we have to go back to a guy who just plays nice steady golf on a sunday afternoon
1: it's conservative you know by the numbers yeah of course of course it's of course it's phil i mean arguably the best player in the world in 2021 The last six months, however you want to slice it here in recent times, he's the best player on the planet. He's averaging about four full strokes game total per round over the competition over his last 19, 20 rounds worldwide. He leads a golf tournament virtually the entire week, and he doesn't get over the finish line. That's an embodiment of just how difficult it is to win on the PGA Tour right now.
0: It's almost as if Rom was telling us something. At least he was telling me something last week because I spoke with him on, I believe it was Tuesday prior to the opening round, and I said, you know, you've had, you're going to go 32 days between competitive rounds. You're more well-rested than anybody else in the field. Do you feel like you're going to have more gas in the tank? He said, you know, at some point, yes, it's not going to be this week. I don't think it'll be next week, but maybe when we get to Atlanta, it's hot, it's a tough walk, it's going to be humid. I think I'll have an advantage then because I'll have more left in the tank than most other players.
1: All and all the of those again, guys, with exception Rom, we are going to be on not just three weeks in a row, potentially potentially four, five, six. Yes. guys who have been in the olympics like it's a it's gonna be yeah i could see that and
0: so then after he led following friday's second round i i sort of doubled down and said okay now that you've been here for 36 holes i asked you that question a few days ago now you played 36 holes you've been around some of the players you've seen them you've talked to them do you feel like they're maybe a little bit more exhausted than you are at this point i said no still you know I, i think that my advantage really comes a few weeks from now and so for those who are looking to make a bet on the FedEx Cup as a, a whole, and I, it looks like he's plus 300 in most books right now, but not a great number on John Rahm, but I, I really do think that he, he plays well again this week. Maybe he doesn't win the BMW Championship, but he's really looking to put himself in position for the Tour Championship and, and have a, a good start in that staggered scoring, go out there and win that one, because that's really where his focus is right now.
1: Something we will circle back on later in five questions.
0: Oh, what a tease. A um, I, I want to get back to something that I, uh, I tweeted about uh, earlier this morning. We're recording on Tuesday afternoon uh, in regard to fee because, and, and I didn't mean this like to, to fly in the face of what anyone else has said, but I, I saw the term floodgates being thrown open, thrown out there a lot And to me. Floodgates is guy starts winning, like on a regular basis. And You know, there are some people insinuating that maybe the floodgates will now open for Tony Finau, that he will start winning on a regular basis. And uh, what I tweeted out there was there are no floodgates anymore. We have played 48 events this PGA Tour season. There have been 42 different winners. Nobody has won more than twice. What floodgates exactly are we expecting to be open? I want to get your take on this because from a statistical perspective, you understand this stuff probably better than anybody else. Am I off here and thinking that the floodgates can't really be open for any, if there are floodgates that are going to be open, John Rahm will open floodgates. I I don't see Tony Finau opening any floodgates, but maybe I'm wrong on this.
1: It just depends on what your definition of it is, right? Like is you look at, okay. So when Dustin Johnson broke through and got to 20 wins, right. On the PGA tour, I think it was last season or two seasons ago, whenever it was, it was recently when he broke through and got to 20, he was the first guy to get to 20 wins since, Davis Love. Davis Love, Davis Love the third, or I think Davis Love in 2015. Like, but we're talking like this doesn't happen very often. That's yeah. just yeah. 20 wins. We're not talking about insane, ridiculous standard that Tiger set. It just depends on what that is. Do you think like a five-win season like Jason Day had a few years ago? Like is that floodgates? Like that's that's number one player in the world win a major championship type stuff. Or mm-hmm. is it you know maybe he knocks off three wins in the next 18 months? Is that is that the floodgates? It just depends on what the what the definition is of of that euphemism, you know, how, how do you view that? And I think that if you told somebody, yeah, the floodgates are going to open, he's going to be a top 10 player in the world for the next two years and win three times in that span. They might think, Oh, that doesn't sound like that dramatic. Actually that, you know, that's an unbelievable peak in someone's career and it's really difficult to get to that point. So yeah, I'm with you. I, I just think that maybe tempering the expectations of what that might look like in terms of, somebody breaking through and hitting another echelon in their career by the phrase you use floodgate.
0: And when I questioned some people on this, the answer that came back to me was, Oh, well, I think he could be a top five player in the world. And I said, well, he's ninth right now. So that's it's not a huge stretch.
1: Like if he has a pretty good before. week
0: this week, he might be top five in the world.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like he might get there Sunday. So <laughs> yeah, it's um, in the moment. We, we talk about this a lot. We always have the reactionary after a guy wins it happened with Kisner last week. Everyone wanted to put him on the Ryder Cup team, right? <laughs> like it's the guy who wins, you know, and there's some valid talk about that for sure. But I mean, we always tend to overreact in the moment. And I think people can do that too. But when you take, just take the flip side of it, take a long view of what Tony Finau has done over the last five years. Yes, this is the first time he's won. It was a great moment, but really it's the caper on a tremendous resume. He's been building over that time span. Like, he didn't get to ninth in the world ranking just by winning last week. He did it because he's got 40 freaking top tens in that span. He's always around, always contending, just an absolutely stellar ball striker. And he's able to put himself in the mix over and over again. And like I said earlier, it's just a matter of time before he broke through and he finally did.
0: And I'm fully prepared that me saying the floodgates will not open for Tony Fee now means he's guaranteed a victory this week at Caves Valley. I mean, that is just a, an absolute lock. Right there after he's I said horse it, by the way, it,
1: just w- rattle off wins and take home the 15. Million
0: exactly. Yes. It's just <laughs> he's just going to keep winning, keep winning and keep proving me wrong. And hopefully, uh, you know, the the tweeters will come after me with pitchforks. Um, uh, One other thing, you mentioned the Ryder Cup. I almost get the sense right now. And, and we're only a week removed from it, the Kevin Kisner firestorm of, you know, hey, this guy's a good match play player. He just won. He's quote unquote hot, whatever that means uh, for an event. In a month and a half in September in Wisconsin, but another part of the country. Yeah, exactly. On a completely different golf course. Um I almost get the sense that this thing's gonna sort itself out so well for the US team over the next two weeks that Steve Stricker is gonna go, here are my six picks. We're gonna, yeah, no kidding. We knew that already. And that there's almost gonna be no real conversation, maybe for like the twelfth spot on the team but it feels like these things are going to shake out where it's like, yeah, there's not a whole lot of debate about them going into
1: it. I go back to what I said last week. It's do you look at it as a reward for a player who's had a great season or are you trying to assemble the team that can best take down the Europeans? And if you're looking at it from it's a reward for the season, yeah, I think that'll sort itself out with the exception of one player who we will circle back to mm. later on five questions. I think there's one guy who's, who's going to be a, a pretty – Point of contention here over the next couple of weeks because he's undergoing some some health battles. But do you look at it if you're the U.S. team? Do you look at it as roster building in order to win, or do you look at it as this guy deserves a spot on the team because of what he's accomplished on the golf course? So there's two ways to look at it, but I can see that from from based on everything we've seen with the U.S. team and how they've constructed their rosters in the past. Yes, I tend to agree with you that it's probably going to pretty much work itself out. Yeah,
0: there may be one. You know, the final spot on the team is it Scheffler or is it? Webb Simpson or whatever it might be. But I, I think for the most part, it's just going to kind of sort itself out. So you keep teasing these questions. You told <laughs> me you have some elite questions.
1: I was going to say one more thing. Yeah. The guy who we wasn't on anyone's radar with like three weeks to go, the last time the, the Ryder Cup was held in the United States, was Ryan Moore. And he went mm-hmm. on a heater the last two weeks of the playoffs, yes. got into the playoff, lost to Rory McIlroy, ultimately at the Tour Championship. He ended up winning the uh, making the winning point in singles against Lee Westwood to win the Ryder Cup of the United States. So there's still that off chance that somebody gets hot the next two weeks and it happens. You know, we've, we've seen that in the past. But.
0: I know you have some inside knowledge here. We always talk about the U.S. Ryder Cup team. Is Justin Rose really going to be named to the European Ryder Cup team after missing the playoffs?
1: I, ha- I cannot. I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> those reports. We are I, always in an active that... process of evaluating talent uh, and uh, contributing the best way we can for uh, the European captain and his vice captains, That gave you nothing. Just I, nothing.
0: I wasn't asking for the press conference answer. I was asking for like the real, like, hey, it's just me and you here talking. Like, is it really going to be Justin Rose? Uh, Alex Noren, by the way, is is very good. And I think he might be ready to get on a little bit of a run here. Maybe not necessarily this week. Just at some point, Alex Noren going to like look like top 10 Alex Noren from a few years ago where he's just, wow, where'd this guy go? This guy's really, really good.
1: He's had an exceptional run here the last few weeks. I will say he is on the radar.
0: Okay. Well, I, I knew that. You're not telling, you're not giving any continental secrets. I know.
1: Secrets.
0: For anybody. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You said you have five elite level questions for me. Elite. Uh, my answer is going to be crab cakes for four of them. Because we always talk food for the PGA Tour is.
1: Five minutes, five questions you never asked.
0: I got to be honest with you. I get a little irritated when somebody called me away from my golf.
1: This is five under. We Uh. will get to crab cakes later on in the questions, but number one. Okay. Mm. Uh, Jordan Spieth made back-to-back Eagles and back-to-back triple bogeys in the same tournament last week. I looked into it. That has not happened at any point the last 20 years. That's as far back as I felt like going, and I stopped. (laughs) Uh, The Northern Trust also, as I said earlier, marked the 14th consecutive PGA Tour event won by a player trailing, entering the final round. Jason Sobel, that has not happened over the last 30 years. Which of those two statistics is more impressive to you and why?
0: Okay, so first of all, I did the research. I found that uh, 1973 Buick Kermit Zarley did the exact same thing. It was actually a pair of Eagles on Friday back-to-back and then a pair of quadruple bogeys on Saturday. on had a rough Friday night. So, one of the
1: greatest uh, names in golf history, I, I just
0: pulled that out Up yeah. there with
1: up there with Kyla Foon, you know, Kermit <laughs> Zarley is a, that's a gem of a
0: name. It's a, it's a really good name. I, yeah, I just took completely making that up. But that um, sounded good. If you tweeted it, that out, if you tweeted that out 30 seconds after Jordan Spieth made the back to back triples, no one ever would have called you on it.
1: No. That's Try it it someday. kind of power I wield, Jason.
0: Try it someday. Just throw out some, rare, like, oh, yeah, this is just I, like ter- Kermit Look, Zarley in 73.
1: When it comes to those golf stats. I'm terrified of my own power. <laughs> truly. It's such, a, it's such a burden.
0: There would be one guy on Twitter who goes, that's not true. He didn't even play that. And you'd block. Just, yeah. he, let's not listen to that guy. He's trying to correct me with stats right. and facts. I will go with the, I feel like the speed thing is just sort of like a a crazy weird thing that happens like, I, you know, it's something you've never seen before, but it's not like, wow, that's really impressive. It's kind of like, well, part of it's really impressive. The other part of it's really not impressive. So I will take the 14 straight uh, leaders after 54 holes who have failed to win. That's just like a, that is like the stat of the year. That like sums up the summer on the PGA tour.
1: I'd agree. Uh, the The Jordan Spieth one is a lot like, You'll see these in baseball a lot. Like baseball is very conducive to those kind of like, Edwin Jackson threw a no hitter with six walks type stats where like, it's just like, it's just kind of an odd thing that happened. And there's so yeah. much information and data that you're able to call something interesting out of it. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's just kind of a fun thing to say, but I agree with you that the 14 straight come from behind winners is wild. I, I can't believe that it. it keeps happening. So um, we'll see if we get to 15 next week. All right. Hey, it's two. great.
0: By the way, it's great for live betting. Uh, you know, oh, if you are sure. live betting golf and you're going into Sunday saying, well, it's probably going to be the guy who leads, he leads by two. So he's probably going to win. You're doing it wrong.
1: Also, by the way, Tiger Woods, 54 for 58 with a 54 roll lead. Okay. Question two, Tony Finau and Patrick Cantlay are ninth and 10th in the official world golf ranking this week. It may also be Ryder cup teammates next month at whistling Straits. Finau has two wins on the PGA Tour, 31 years old. Cantlay, four wins, 29 years old. Who finishes their career with more PGA Tour victories, Tony Finau or Patrick Cantlay?
0: Ooh, that's really tough. But in speaking with PGA Tour players, the two names they came up with, and you know, obviously John Rahm is a guy that everyone knows is really, really good, the best player in the world. Xander Shoffley is a guy who I think a lot of his peers think that he can be number one in the world. And Patrick Cantlay is a name that comes up all the time as... A guy who's going to be, if not number one, at least the number two, number three kind of player in the world. I I think that Tony Finau could probably get there as well. But long term, I will take Patrick Cantley with more wins.
1: Okay, And, you know, full disclosure there with those numbers we gave you beforehand with the age and the wins. You probably give Cantley a little bit of a handicap, you know, handicap it a little bit to where sure, it, sure, it, it looks like it looks like he's got a little bit of a head start, but you never know. There's that recency bias that can feed into every once in a while after you see a guy break through and get a win. Okay, next question number three. I mentioned the Ryder Cup. Um, this one's a little bit tougher. Patrick Reed will not qualify for the U.S. Ryder Cup team on points. He's tenth, and he's out this week. He's had that ankle injury. Now this recent illness. Let's say he's healthy in a week. He's able to, to to play theoretically going to the Ryder Cup. We know his history. We know his value to the team in the past. We also know the things that come along with Patrick Reed. Will he be on the U.S. team next
0: month? I am of the mind that I don't think Steve Stricker was looking for an excuse to not pick Patrick Reed. Uh, some people do think that way, that if you didn't want him on the team, now you've got a reason to not pick him. But... I do think that he will now have missed too much time and that they will be a little leery of putting him on that team. And there are plenty of other good candidates. If this team was 10 or 11 deep, and then you went to 12 and you go, Oh, if it's not Patrick, where are we going with this thing? We don't have anybody. I would say, okay, like I I could see it happening, but there's so many players who could fill up one of those spots that I don't think he's going to be on the team, but we'll see.
1: Captain America could be left off. It's just kind of a can be kind of a staggering thing. Just just how well he's performed. But all things considered, it's a big question mark going into it. Something you didn't expect from the U.S. team here a few weeks ago. Okay, certainly. Number four, you mentioned how much we think of John Rahm's game at the moment, how well he's playing. 21st group currently projects him with a better than 30 percent chance to win the FedEx Cup. So I'm going to ask you this FedEx Cup winner, John Rahm or the field?
0: That's a great question. I can't believe I'm going to say it. I'm taking John Rahm for the reasons that I mentioned wow. earlier. He is so focused on winning this thing. Colin Morikawa, who is the points leader going into the first event, looks like he's got a little back injury. I, I wouldn't be surprised, Jay Ray, if Colin Morikawa says, you know what, I'm not getting through the BMW. Like If he's hurting this week, there's no point in trying to play four full rounds when you know you've got the Tour Championship coming up, you know you've got the Ryder Cup coming up next month, why extend yourself to the point where you might really hurt something so if, if he really is hurting uh, I could see him not going the distance uh in Baltimore this week and then Jordan Spieth we saw all over the place What a 62 and a 78 79 that he finished with it was uh, full all Spieth over the experience yeah yeah uh the full Jordan Spieth uh in addition to the back-to-back Eagles back-to-back triples that you mentioned earlier uh he's a guy that was up there I, I think he's dropped to seventh or so but uh, no, I'm still taking John Rahm. This is John Rahm's to lose, and I don't think he's going to lose it.
1: Mathematically, I think I have to say the field just because of my obligation to my, <laughs> to my fellow nerds with our calculators, but uh, I'm kind of leaning to Rahm too. I mean, I mentioned that he's gaining a full four strokes over the field per round over his last 19, 20 rounds worldwide. It's tough to see anybody but him winning. I know currently now, I think Finau's second in the, in the points. He's at least second in our um projection with odds to win the fedex cup but the guy's just won for the first time in five years you would think he'd need another win in the next two weeks to win the fedex cup uh, you know I, I tend to think that you know john ron's a runaway favorite obviously but i'm gonna lean towards the field but it's close it's really close okay number five i mentioned we were going to get to food we always do when <laughs> i ask the questions this week's host course host course caves valley is in maryland crab cakes are they underrated are they overrated or are they properly rated?
0: A lot of people really like crab cakes. I am I am a, a fan of crab cakes. Yeah, I'm not one of those guys. There, There's some people that say the crab cakes on the menu, like done, full stop. I'm getting crab cakes. I am not one of those people. Like if they're, you know, hey, we got some crab cakes. You want one? We got them for the table. Like there's a buffet. Yeah, okay. I'm into it. If I go to go to maryland i kind of feel like oh i have to i'm in the area i have to get them i'm not a huge crab cakes guy i like them i would say properly rated i can respect the people that are all in on crab cakes but that's not me what about you how
1: about crab cakes at a wedding i think half the time i've ever eaten crab cakes they've been at some kind of formal function like a wedding reception or something like that
0: yes sit down for that i when i'm at a wedding i'm not doing a whole lot of sitting i'm like you know kind of I'm up and around. I'm moving. I'm shaking. I'm mingling. I'm like, you know, give me a little shrimp cocktail. I like kind of on the go, you know, throw the throw the dish down on on someone else's seat yeah, somewhere. Yeah, and... yeah.
1: You strike me as a big electric slide guy. I
0: mean, you, no, you no, no, no. I'm not dancing. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm up and I'm talking you don't and the I'm dance mingling. fans of weddings. Yeah, uh, I'll get pulled in for a song or two. I'm not dancing.
1: I did, I did the moonwalk at my wedding, and I didn't even practice it. I was just spur of the moment. MJ was on, and me a like a hat, and I did the hat and a twirl and a and a moonwalk. That, I, I video evidence that. of
0: it. I I would like to see that. I, that's
1: good. We'll sure we'll share that for the people if the demand.
0: How do we go from crab cakes to moonwalks?
1: I'm not sure. We mentioned weddings, and I don't know. I was think <laughs> I always think of the crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. The line from Wedding Crashers, primarily as a boy from Texas who hasn't spent a ton of time in Maryland. I really just think of like congressional, and then that house from that movie. So I don't have a ton of point of reference. I haven't spent a lot of time besides the occasional connection in the Baltimore airport. I haven't had spent a ton of time in Maryland in my life. You're in Texas.
0: I'm in, I'm in Florida. I feel like if crab cakes and football, that's what Maryland does. It's a great line in the movie. I feel like university of Maryland football would have been a little better if that was the truth.
1: The Maryland Terrapins. Uh, Crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. Uh, (laughs) Probably. Yeah. But it fit the mold of that underrated movie, by the way. Great. I, don't, I really enjoy that movie. I think it's a stare.
0: That, that's one where if it's not, I'm probably not changing the channel yeah,
1: for sure. All, all right. Those questions. have been five
0: questions. Good job. Thank
1: you.
0: All right. Let's get into caves Valley a little bit. Uh, spoke about the odds earlier John Rahm as of right now he's plus five fifty. I mean, it's, you know, it, the whole world is all on John Rahm right now and, and probably for, uh, for good reason Uh, you know he's the best golfer in the world he's playing in a a a limited field event uh no cut event obviously this week and so I get it um I am not chasing that number but look if you want to go all in on DFS on John Rahm you can do a whole lot worse than that so uh, I'll probably save him for next week for at least that type of level plus 550 is that's short um let's take a look Xander Shoffley is second he is sixteen to one. Jordan Spieth is the same right now, also sixteen to one. I believe he's moved since the last time I checked twenty minutes ago. But Justin Thomas and Colin Morikow at eighteen to one. Uh, JT coming off a t four. Colin Morikow coming off a missed cut. Dustin Johnson coming off a missed cut. Louis and they're both at twenty two to one. Bryson DeChambeau this morning, and we're recording right now is four forty eight p.m. on Tuesday at eight forty eight a.m let's say eight hours ago, exactly. Bryson was 35 to one. He is now 22 to one. And we'll get into maybe why that has changed so drastically besides lots of people betting on him. Uh, Brooks, Patrick Cantley 25 Rory, along with the two playoff contenders, competitors from last, uh, yesterday, Tony Finau and Cameron Smith at 28, Scotty Scheffler, Paul Casey at 31, rounding out most of that top tier. Um, So one of the reasons, I want to get to Bryson first because uh, he's really, really moved. This number is drastically moved down 13 points uh, since we saw this morning when it first opened up. And I think the reason is maybe the books didn't quite understand what Caves Valley is and can be. And what it is, is more than 7,500 yards on the scorecard, a big boy ballpark, spoke with a few players about it last week at Liberty National. Webb Simpson, Billy Horschel both played on the 2007 Palmer Cup team. Jay Ray, you want to come with your 2017 senior major, It was it, senior players? Senior players, Senior, yeah. senior players. Uh, don't even give me that. I went 10 years earlier. 2007 Palmer Cup I talked to them about, and they both said, look, great course, big, big golf course. You got to hit a lot of drivers around there. Spoke with Denny McCarthy, Maryland's own, thinking he's got to have some insight. He's probably played this place a million times. Tells me, haven't played it more than two or three times and nothing in the past decade. They've done a lot of renovations since then thanks, Denny. I, I'm, I'm kidding, but he, he was great, but he's like, I just, I don't have much for you. I'm like, man, I thought you would have played state opens and state ams and high school tournaments. He just nah, never really played it that much. Grew up an hour away. And just never got there that much. Uh, but he did say it's a big Northeast bent grass greens golf course. And to me, it sounds like a place where um, someone who's won at Oakmont and won at Firestone and won at TBC Boston and come very close at Beth page. Dustin Johnston is a, a guy that it, the number he's at, I was hoping after a miscut last week, he would be a little bit bigger number, but 22 to one on DJ. Uh, that's kind of where I start my card from the top tier.
1: Yeah. You talk about how distance is going to be value here. The par threes are big too. All four par threes on the scorecard between like 190 and 230 yards. That screams Bay Hill to me. That's the first course I think of in terms of the significance of those long park threes and how they play uh, into who wins the tournament. Uh, 2017 senior players, as we mentioned, Scott McCarran won. He ranked second in the field in driving distance that week. Brant Job tied for second place. He was seventh in the field in distance. Everyone in the top five in that senior players, small sample size, I know, and it's going to be a different setup, but all everybody in the top five was top 25 in driving distance um, for the week. So Um, you know, the BMW championship year in, year out. I know last year, Olympic played tough, but this is annually an absolute birdie fest. Volatility, low scores in the playoffs. It at least gives the perception that players have the chance to, you know, make a lot of birdies and move up the board in the last two and get into that top 30. The last two years, though only five players combined have moved from outside the top 30 inside the top 30. So that's an interesting storyline to keep an eye on. I think this course is going to reward distance more than normal. I think it's going to reward aggressive play. You start with Dustin. I start with a guy I picked outright and hit on at Bay Hill. My first look is Bryson DeChambeau. I think when I opened up the odds when we started this podcast, he was 25 and now he's 22. You want and to when I it. wake up in the morning, he might be like 18. You know, that's how much the number is moving because I don't think the bookmakers, as you said, took into account this is a big golf course. Distance and aggressive play is going to be a big key this week.
0: We talk about it on a regular basis. Look. Long and straight off the tee is going to be good on any golf course in the world. I don't care where you're playing. Uh, Maybe a par three executive course. Uh, If you hit it too long and too straight off the tee, that might be bad. Other than that, uh, on a real golf course, long and straight is usually going to work out for you. And so uh, this one, I think the advantage of being long and straight is going to be more so than that advantage on most other golf courses. So uh, I've been looking at uh, a couple of different numbers. First of all, strokes gained off the tee this year. Secondly, just straight driving distance numbers. And third is par five scoring average because they do have four par fives. It's playing as a par 72. The par fives are all, it seems pretty gettable. Um, and there are a couple of reachable par fours as well, including uh, number one, they've switched the nines. And I did my PGA tour radio show today on Sirius XM with of course, my co-host, Michael Collins. And uh, we had Gary Williams in for a segment. Gary played in the member guest at caves a couple of months ago. And Michael was there shooting his, America's caddy show on ESPN plus. And the two of them have some knowledge and they told me, and I haven't seen it yet. And I can't wait to see it. The first tee, which is normally the 10th for the members there. The first tee this week is in the parking lot. Michael Collins said he did a bit where he goes to like, he tees up a ball in the first tee and he looks back and goes, wait, hang on. I forget to see if I got, if I locked my car and he like puts his key fob up in the air and he's pressing the button. The car's parked like right next to the first tee because they're in the parking lot. I can't really picture that, but it sounds pretty cool. And apparently it's drivable. Like, first swing of the day, get after it.
1: Good week for BMW to be the sponsor, I guess,
0: huh? Oh, plenty, there you go. Of Maybe that's of
1: those corporate cars. <laughs> Another name I'm big on. on this week, talking about value and guys who can hit the ball long and straight. Justin Thomas hadn't had the results since the Players' Championship, but I've been preaching that his ball striking numbers were still really good. Last week he putted really well. He was perfect putting from four to eight feet, something he does not normally do. He was second in the field in birdie conversion rate, 11th in strokes gained putting. He's in the top five in total putting at Liberty National. Oh, by the way, he finishes in the top 10, has a great week. Kind of a stress-free, easy top 10, if you can have that, where you mm-hmm. know, he never really threatened the win, but he played really solid golf. I'm big on him continuing that trend with the good putting. Maybe he's found something in the stroke because look, the ball striking numbers have been there week in and week out. They're always there. He's among the leaders every year in strokes, gain T to green strokes, gain approach. It's just when he finds the putter, that's when he hits that other gear. That's when he has a week. Like he had a couple of years ago, at Medina at the BMW, he shot 61 on Saturday, some crazy low number. Um, I'm big on Justin Thomas this week. I know the number is a little bit high coming off that top 10 finish. Um, I see him at 18 to one right now, but I'm very bullish on his chances this week.
0: I feel like we could do uh, a good segment on, blank mary kill on dustin <laughs> jt and rory this week we're all sort of in that same category of like yeah one of them oh, I'm, I'm all in on this guy this guy yeah i kind of like him this guy no no no, no i won't touch him and, and i think that if you asked a bunch of different golf betters, you're getting a bunch of different answers on those three players who are all i mean they're all superstars they could all win on any given week they've all struggled a little bit recently and you have really no idea what to expect. So I, I certainly don't mind JT. I like DJ of those three. I could see Rory. Uh, there's one really, one of my favorite bets this week was Rory at plus money in a matchup bet on DraftKings, plus 105 against Paul Casey. Can you imagine if a year ago, two years ago, I had said Rory is an underdog in a matchup against Paul Casey. You go, what, that, no, that's got to be wrong.
1: Paul Casey's got some great long iron numbers and I sure. think that he's got a great chance to have a good week, but that is a little bit implausible. You think about yeah. that That's him being an underdog against Casey head to head. That's crazy.
0: Let's get down into, and by the way, one other guy from that tier, uh, Scotty Scheffler's guy that I just keep fire on as well. I, oh, yeah, it, you love look, you If Abraham Answer and Tony Finau are going to win, Scotty Scheffler can win something too. Uh, let's just everyone go through that turnstile I mentioned <laughs> earlier and take their ticket. Uh, bigger numbers. Um, Boy, I hate being on the Charlie Hoffman bandwagon because that thing usually goes off a cliff at some point, but I know. He
1: won, he won me a top 20 ticket last week. I was preaching I know. the Charlie Hoffman uh, gospel, and he came through. It was another good ball striking week.
0: I know. I, I don't mind it. Uh, Keegan Bradley's a guy that uh, drives it really well. I like Jason. Jason Kokrak and Jonathan Vegas were both guys that I, I was big on last week. They both shot 72-70. They both missed the cut. And I feel like having the weekend off when they played through Monday might not be the worst thing. There are 14 players competing at the BMW this week who didn't play Saturday and Monday at Liberty National. And maybe there's a little bit of an edge there. And uh, DJ is one of those guys. And uh, Kokrak and Vegas are guys I like. One last guy, or two last guys. Uh, One guy we saw his story play out at the end of the Northern Trust, Keith Mitchell going birdie, birdie, birdie to get into this field, like big smile on his face, pumping his fist. I mean, really cool to see. He's playing with house money now. I can see Keith Mitchell, who's 11th on the PGA tour and strokes gained off the tee this this year. Uh, I can see him doing something then Cameron champ, who, I mean, he's got three PGA tour wins. The upside is there. We know about the upside for Cameron champ on a week where you look at it and you say, there's not much downside. I mean, especially from a DFS kind of perspective, Cameron champ could do something very interesting this week. So uh, what about you anything else further down the board that you like
1: some other names i like cory connor's at 45 to one he's coming off a tie for eighth place last week before that a couple top 15s and two of his previous three starts we know how consistent of a hitter he is top 10 strokes gain off the tee and strokes gain approach this season finished third at the arnold palmer invitational win to shambo one i kind of like Corey connor's for the same reasons i like bryson this week you mentioned the head-to-head with paul casey i actually wrote down paul casey as somebody i like this week He's outside the top 50 in FedEx Cup points, but 21st Club's predictive modeling gives him about a 22% chance of getting to Eastlake. That's the most of anybody outside the top 30 entering the week. So we think his fit with long iron play. It was great last week. We think it'll fit well here as well. Talked about those long par threes. That's somewhere where Paul Casey can gain some strokes. Um, you mentioned Charlie Hoffman. He came through for me, as I said, with the top 20, I'm going to have a ticket for him to do the same top 20 this week. He's right there on that top 30 bubble. I know he really wants to get to East Lake, and those ball striking numbers are really good. I'm going to give you my one guy way down the board. Um, he hit it brilliantly last week at Liberty National. You combine strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained approach last week at Liberty National. Two players gained more than three strokes per round. One was John Rahm, the other was Hudson Swafford. I really mm-hmm. like that trend going into this week on a golf course where it seems like everybody going into the week in terms of course knowledge is about even with not a whole lot of experience there. Having a guy who hit the ball so well last week at Liberty National, he is way down the board. I think there's some value there. and Maybe a top 20, maybe even a top 10 for Hudson Swaffer
0: Yeah, I can see that. I wish we had a stat that was strokes gained exhaustion right now. Like strokes gained <laughs> gas in the tank, whatever you want to call it, energy. Um, because I, I I really do think that that's going to be a a major factor this week is just who's not dead tired you know who's who's like hey you know what I can stay on my feet for five straight hours and walk with a pretty hilly golf course and get my way around here for for four days and you know the, I'm sure there's the heat's going to be out there and the humidity and it's it's going to be a tough walk
1: that makes me think of the interview you did last week with Keegan Bradley at uh, before uh, the Northern Trust got started where he talked about He was burned out a few weeks ago. He took a couple of weeks off. Did he say it was maybe the first time in his career? First
0: time ever, three weeks off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How bad he needed it. I think that we're getting to the point. That's a great point about the fatigue factor here because we're getting to a point where guys have played. I know it's playing golf for a living, but it's, you know, if you're in the competition playing seven, eight, nine straight months, you're really looking forward to a break. So that is going to be a factor. I, I agree.
0: By the way, we saw some club breaking on Monday at Liberty National. Patton Gazire broke one across his back, which is a nice way to do it. I like that. Uh, Victor Hovland, I, somehow his putter broke. Someone asked me how was putter broke. I said, I'm not sure. It might have happened when he smashed it against his golf bag. I, you know, that might have had something to do with it. But I, I tweeted, I said, you know, look it's the 48th event of the pga tour season the middle of the summer it's hot and it's a monday after being cooped up inside the day before these guys are a little frustrated you wouldn't believe how many people said oh they're playing for millions of dollars they can't be frustrated to which my response was "See, so you can't be frustrated if you make lots of money in your job i, I know lots of rich people who get frustrated um uh, you can still get frustrated whether you're uh, making a lot of money or making a little money. I'm not sure why you, you're not allowed to get frustrated with your career just because you make lots of money.
1: That argument always confuses me because I would look at it as these guys are competing at the highest level and they want to win every week and they're putting pressure on themselves to do that. Yes, you win. You know They're, they're obviously handsomely, cons, com, compensated, <laughs> handsomely <laughs> compensated, not constipated, which is what I think I originally said. Oh, please put that on social. My train of thought is completely derailed. <laughs> yes, you can be frustrated even if you make a lot of money in your job. Let's continue. Just move on, please.
0: You would also be frustrated if you are constipated. <laughs> so I've heard. Okay, let's get to our DFS lineup before this goes off the rails any more than it needs just
1: to. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away.
0: We're going to go nose to nose with him. And you're gonna play better than you ever dreamed of, because, God damn it, that's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting.
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with a guy I mentioned earlier. Uh, I think there's good value down the board to get us started with Hudson Swafford. Hudson Swafford at six thousand. Wow, that is amazing.
0: that'll save some money.
1: That'll save us some money. I didn't look at the price when I picked it originally. I'm going to go with Hudson Swafford, 6,000. He was second in the field. Strokes gained approach plus strokes gained off the tee last week.
0: You know what? I feel like we're going with a – what? did we ever come up with a name? Because Studs and Duds is the absolute worst name. for It's like a Stars and uh, other guys. There needs to be a better say name. say
1: Studs and Duds again. That's awful.
0: I'm going to go with another low price player who, again, uh, when you're thinking about this from a strategic standpoint – these guys are all going to play four rounds. They're going to play 72 holes as long as they stay upright. And so you want guys with some birdie potential, some birdie equity uh, to make some points for you. So I'm going to go with Keith Mitchell, who, uh, like I said earlier, drives it really well, makes a lot of birdies. He's 6,500.
1: Okay. We have got a lot of money to spend, my friend. Yes. 37.5 for four players. Um, I'm going to go – Bryson is ninety three hundred. That is a nice price for Bryson DeChambeau. This was obviously set uh, with the the odds you originally mentioned in mind, and not necessarily what they're going to be when uh, when play starts on Thursday. Ninety three hundred for Bryson DeChambeau. I mentioned all the reasons why I like him so much this week. Uh, let's put him on the team. Okay,
0: I'm good with that. Uh, like my favorite player on the board, I'll go uh, DJ. And again, I know he's not playing great golf right now, but as soon as I heard those words from Denny McCarthy, big. Northeast bent grass golf course. I like Dustin Johnson's face appeared in my mind. I thought that's exactly the kind of course where he dominates 10,400. Lock him in.
1: Okay. Uh, that leaves me a perfect pick. Mentioned him earlier. Tied for eighth place last week. Consistently great ball striker week in week out finished third. At the Arnold Palmer invitational when Bryson DeChambeau won. I see some similarities in some of the different shots that we're going to see this week to Bay Hill. Corey Connors, 8,600. That's going to leave you with 9,200 for our last
0: pick. Yeah. Uh, by the way, our podcast producer, Matt Mitchell, says he prefers steak and hot dog to studs and duds.
1: Okay. I mean, it doesn't Keith really Mitchell roll, roll off the tongue, but yeah. it's better than handsomely constipated.
0: That rolls off the tongue. <laughs> uh, 9,200 to spend. I, Patrick Cantley is a guy, like I, I mentioned him earlier, I I really like Patrick Cantley long-term. I. He still hasn't broken through on the East Coast. There might be a little correlation to Burefield Village this week, and he won there, but I like saving some money. Victor Hovland, I can see Victor Hovland having a good week after breaking his putter and having to putt with a wedge and playing awful on Monday, um, but I'm going to bypass him. Daniel Berger, he's on my X list right now because he uh he was my favorite play last week, and it was eh. It was just sort of eh. You know, I – if I'm gonna pick you to win, like go out and like burn the whole place down if you're if you're not gonna be up there on the leaderboard, like go out there and shoot a, 87, 89. I think
1: we need a big week for a Ryder cup pick.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm gonna go with another guy that needs a big week right below him in 8,900. Mentioned him earlier, Scotty Scheffler. Look, we have a definitive trend of players who haven't won and then they win. Hey, everyone, take your ticket, go to the deli counter, grab your trophy. Let's hope that. Scotty Scheffler can do that as well. So that's the lineup Connors, Deshambo, DJ, Mitchell, Scheffler, Swaffer.
1: Save if 300. It's a winner. We have, we oh, have a week somewhere. off, by the way. Uh,
0: Newsflash, you, you broke this news to me earlier today. I, I didn't realize it. I haven't looked ahead. I, I like keeping it one week at a time as we do here on the pod. But uh, we have a week off this year in between the tour championship and the newly named Fortinet championship which everyone's going to call the Fortnite, but um what well, we used to be the safe way out in napa we uh, we have a week to like burn a week of nothing going on how cool is that
1: well i mean the off season has been expanded from four days to 11 days just in you know the 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 depth the ex, that's the joke by the way every golf writer has made since the uh wraparound season started i guess i think you lose your any associations you might have with organizations if you don't make that joke on social media uh, about the long off season, But it's, only, it's more than doubled this year. What more could you ask for?
0: I'd like to think that I was one of the first to count up the minutes and hours of that long off season, but
1: That wasn't a bad like shot at you. That was just a mocking our general profession.
0: Whatever. Take your <laughs> shots. All right. I uh, can't wait to get to uh, this week's BMW Championship, Caves Valley. And, again, uh, one of the things I'm looking for right off the bat, first thing Thursday morning, they're teeing off in the parking lot on a drivable par four i i don't know what that looks like but i can't wait to see it
1: i picture like i, I got a feeling they're not going to be like next to the maintenance barn or you know like a like an old abandoned soda machine or anything
0: yeah like that. Like, but know, i do think you're right i think bmws will right be line. in the background of the shot
1: plenty of bmw signage and product plenty yeah
0: of it. yeah uh, i think so too so uh for justin ray i'm jason sobel thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Links and Locks podcast. As always, download, subscribe, rate. Justin wants as many stars as you can fit on your phone. You gotta ration your stars out there. So stars uh, don't burn baby, them all give on me 5 us. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks so much to everybody for listening. Good luck with all your BMW Championship plays. Here's hoping you hit the green.